You have to really pry the internal combustion engine trucks out of the hands of the people who use them. And I think the second generation and the third generation of EV trucks will finally satisfy all the needs of those types of truck owners. It is widely believed that the best vehicle ever made is the Ford F-150. The Ford F-Series sold over 640,000 trucks in 2022, making it America's best-selling truck for 46 consecutive years and America's best-selling vehicle for 41 years. Another way to look at those numbers is to realize they're selling an average of at least one F-Series truck every 49 seconds last year. The F-Series celebrated its 75th anniversary this year and has now launched an all-electric F-150 Lightning, which began sales in 2022. But watch out, the Tesla Cybertruck is about to come. The Cybertruck is planned to have its delivery event in a month or so, with Tesla releasing a photo of the first Cybertruck built at its Giga Texas factory on July 15th. Just four days later, Ford announced a reduction of its prices for its electric F-150 Lightning by as much as $10,000. Is this a coincidence? When, if ever, might the Cybertruck outsell the F-150? Not just the Lightning, but the traditional bread and butter. We have Corey Steuben with us today. Corey is an auto industry expert who has torn down over 100 vehicles. He has unique experience knowing how the Ford 150 will compare to Tesla's truck. Welcome, Corey. Thank you again for joining me. Hey, glad to be on, Herbert. Sorry I missed you down in San Luis Obispo this past few weekends. Um, it was too bad you didn't make it because I love hanging out in person too. Yeah, that was fun. It was a big event and you had a lot to do there. You were everywhere. So thank you for that. So let's talk Ford F-150. So we have uh, kind of this continued news. This is not old news. We all know that Ford F-1 Series, the F-Series is the best in class, best-selling truck for 46 consecutive years. And this is, of course, coming from Ford's website. And they said that they've sold 640,000 trucks in 2022. So you know quite a bit about the Ford F-Series. Why don't you start there? Tell me more what you think about that truck and um, what you know about it. Yeah. So when you think about the F-Series, it's the iconic American truck. And if, if you're a business owner and you need a fleet of trucks, people typically choose Ford first. And they're, they really tailor to the working industry. So whether that's uh, plumbers or carpenters or people who are doing tree trimming. And not only the F-Series, the F-150, the 250, the 350, the 450, the 550. So F-Series are really an amazing vehicle and platform. And that is what Ford is really known for, in my opinion. So when they decided to release the F-150 Lightning, they... I believe they wanted to be first to market and they made a good, reliable EV, but it had some shortcomings. And some of those shortcomings Ford is aware of. It is not, it doesn't have a truly dedicated uh, EV type software interface. And it's something that Kyle Connor from Out of Spec has criticized that uh, some EV only companies really have a handle on the software interface between charging and road tripping and uh, the EV experience, they more made they more wanted to make it so it is a truck. And if you bought one and you were a traditional F one fifty buyer, you didn't really notice that much. And I actually took one home. We had one when mm -hmm. I was at Monroe Associates. I took one home, and my neighbor came over and got in it. And I took a little drive, and I came back, and he said, "You know, oh, this is a nice F one fifty. I said it's electric. He didn't even know because it has a normal shifter." You know, there's no fancy 
noises that it makes when you drive forward and the screen is big. And if you're not paying attention, you can't really tell unless you know what to look for from a styling aspect. But the big question, I think something you're going to cover here is how much will the Cybertruck compete with the F-150 Lightning? And I've been a really staunch uh, proponent that the Cybertruck will not be conquesting many F-150 owners, they'll be conquesting EV owners that never realize they need the capability of a truck. And uh, all the traveling that I've done in the past year, year and a half, I run into all sorts of people that are driving Model 3s, Model Ys, Mach-E's, Rivians. And the most common phrase I hear is, I'm just waiting on my Cybertruck. And the fact that it's an EV and the range will most likely be 350 to 450 miles, depending on the configuration and how many batteries they put in it. Um, it, I don't think it'll start to cannibalize much of the truck market. I think it'll expand the truck market. So you'll see total truck sales grow um, as a whole as Tesla enters the market. Okay, good. Yeah, so that's interesting comment that you just made, right? So does will the Cybertruck uh, outsell the F-150? Will they cannibalize the F, not cannibalize, but actually, you know, cause the F-150 sales, not just a Lightning, but also the regular trucks to fall? So let's explore that a little bit more. Why are people buying these trucks? So first of all, I love this little graphic, which is all of the Ford F-150s. And you can see that, the, 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 you know, the, the trucks are basically the same. There's been no change to its uh, very few slight change, but this, you know, the structure and the kind of how it's designed is basically the same. And well, if it sells, it sells, right? Now, Her Herbert, I got, I got to, I got to okay. argue with with you on this one. The difference yeah. between the 1995 F-150 and a 2021 F-150 is huge. You went from C-channel frames to. Uh, hydroform frames. You now have EcoBoost V6. In the past, you had really archaic powertrains. So you're, they may look similar, but the standard cab eight-foot bed has kind of gone by the wayside. You can still order one. That image you showed, um, the most common uh, trucks sold now are quad cabs, you know, with two rows and a shorter bed, five and a half or six-foot bed. And the vehicles are much larger. If you buy a modern-day Tacoma or a or a, a Ranger, those are almost as big, if not bigger, than the than the full size trucks were back in the '60s and '70s. So the size has actually grown uh, to an incredible uh, an incredible scale. And uh, I'm not a, a truck size or dimension expert, but it's amazing the evolution over time. And now you have buyers that expect a lot, particularly from towing. And it's always the fringe use cases of trucks that are sometimes ignored. And uh, there was a few people who did reviews on the new Silverado EV, which has a massive battery pack. And I know we weren't going to talk. We were going to talk about F-150 okay. versus, uh, okay. versus yeah. Cybertruck. But the Silverado has a massive battery pack, the same size as the Hummer. So well over 200 kilowatt hours. But it allows you to be able to tow 180 to 200 miles because your range gets cut in half or even more when you're towing something that's 5,000 to 10,000 pounds. And the F-150 as an early entrant, as an early entrant into the market, I don't believe truly satisfies those fringe case demands because the battery pack is not large enough to satisfy 
true truck towing scenarios for long haul. Short towing is fine. And um, I believe Ford uh, most likely on their second iteration of a truck will then start to compete with the likes of the Cybertruck and the new Silverado, which is yet to come out. Okay. So this is interesting take from you. Um, let's, let's learn a little bit more about why people are buying pickup trucks. And I know you already know this, but uh, this is a recent survey that a third of pickup truck buyers never use their truck for hauling. Two thirds never use a truck for towing. And I think we, most of us, um, general public know that this is the case. People buy it because of ruggedness and powerful, how powerful something. That's what the pickup truck consumers are saying. The size, the performance and ruggedness. The Ford whose F-150 is the perennial bestseller has above average brand association to these traits. This is a nice uh, table that showed, graph that showed that F-150, when the word association of powerful, the F-150, look at that, it's over 40% of consumers associate the F-150 as powerful compared to the industry average of just 15%. And same with the word rugged, even higher, 50% higher. So the question is, if that's the case, is the Cybertruck powerful and rugged? And the claim that Tessa is saying that it's going to build this, you know, fancy tech truck for tens, Tesla fanboys will go down as another terrible prediction. Tesla knows the market better than that. So obviously this person believes that Tesla is going to be even major powerful, major rugged. They know that yeah. that's going to be the case. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Yeah. So if you did a word association thing with me, I'd say the Cybertruck would be rugged considering the stainless steel exterior and actually more durable because if you have a painted body, even though the F-150 has an aluminum body, uh, the Silverado and GM products and Toyota products are more steel bodies. Um, with that stainless steel exterior, that's going to be incredibly durable and rugged. And uh, futuristic is another word that I would associate with the Cybertruck, even though it has no real tangible uh, benefits. And then EVs are extremely powerful and very high in torque. Um, so, you know, a lot of that rugged, that rugged word association with the F-150 might be tied to a lot of their marketing campaign. The main marketing camp campaign for the F-150 is built for tough. Right. You ever seen the commercial? I know you have. Yeah. Everybody has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've been running those ads for, I think, a decade now, built for tough. And, uh, uh, in a past job, um, there was some testing done on F-150, the Toyota Tacoma, the Silverado, and oftentimes the highest performance for durability testing are Toyota products and as well as Ford products. So they've really honed in on the durability aspect because it's very important for trucks to last well over 200,000 miles. And if you look at the data, it actually supports that. So Many of the vehicles that have the highest mileage on the road are uh, road uh, vehicles that are built on uh, ladder frames. So that would be a Chevy Suburban, a GMC Yukon, a F-150, a Silverado, Toyota Tacoma. Uh, there is a certain amount of strength and ruggedness associated, associated with a hydroformed or C-channel uh, steel frame. And... Um, it's just a different uh, style of how you build a vehicle compared to a unibody. And that's where Tesla with the two large gigacasting, or the gigacasting in the front, the two large gigacastings in the rear and the stainless steel exterior, they're going to be solving 
different types of durability issues than you would with a body on frame vehicle. Okay. So that's durable and then powerful. We've been see seeing this and then this came out very early on this video. I'm going to play this video of the Cybertruck against a Ford F-150 and who's going to beat each other. Of course, this is created by Tesla. So it, yeah, but it's good, you know, let's watch this. It's battle of the truck makers as Tesla takes on Ford. Elon Musk issued a challenge to Ford X Vice President Sonny Madra after the latter asked for a unit of the just unveiled Cybertruck to run an apples to apples comparison against one of Ford's similarly specced vehicles. Madra's request did not come unprovoked. His reply was in response to a video Tesla shared of the Cybertruck pulling a Ford F-150 uphill after winning a tug of war, showing off the Tesla truck's tank-like capabilities. But it's worth noting that the Cybertruck seemed to be hauling a lower-specced Ford model that made this seem like an unfair comparison. What do you think, Corey? When you saw that, what was your reaction? Yeah, you know, I'm always skeptical of these weird PR yeah. stunts. And, and it comes down to one thing. Uh, the contact patch of the tire and the weight of the vehicle. So you could actually have a much, you could put a 2000 horsepower uh, powertrain in that Ford, but if the vehicle weighs 2000 pounds less and the contact patch of the tire is smaller, you're gonna lose grip earlier. So it's the equivalent of, look at an Indy car or an F1 car, their tires are extremely wide and the vehicles create an incredible amount of downforce, aerodynamic downforce, and they have about a thousand horsepower and they're very fast. But if you were to shrink the size of those tires down to the size of a, a NASCAR tire and eliminate a lot of the downforce, the, they would start slipping very easily. They rely on that downforce. So when I look at that, you have to actually factor in the physics of it, the weight of the vehicle, the size of the tires, the size of the, the contact patch. And by the looks of that, that Cybertruck had 33 inch tires or 34 inch tires. And the F-150 had just basic, uh, you, you know, street tires on. So I wouldn't look too much into that. You know, clearly, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit gimmicky in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it was gimmicky for sure. But I think you just said it though, right? Electric vehicles are going to be more powerful, more torque. It's going to be more likely that it would be more powerful. Don't you agree though? That I mean, that's just, you know? Yeah, that's, that's where a lot of EVs have gone because it's easy to generate a tremendous amount of torque and power with electric powertrains, um, 400 volt, 800 volts. And you look at something like Elucid, which was recently analyzed by Monroe and Associates, as well as the tech talks that they put on, they have an incredible amount of power density. I believe the, the motor weighs less than 80 pounds. Uh, yeah, 75 or 80 pounds, roughly. I don't want to get anything wrong there, uh, but it creates um, about double the the horsepower, double the power of a Tesla motor. And that's incredible. That's an incredible amount of power in a package that could fit in a suitcase. So you look at what a uh, 500 or 800 horsepower internal combustion engine vehicle 
uh, powertrain looks like, and it's massive. You're looking at you know turbocharged inline six, nat naturally aspirated uh, V8s, big powertrains with exhaust systems, bad fuel economy. So electric vehicles add all this huge amount of power because they can without such a weight penalty. And uh, the Rivian's the same way. Those Rivian trucks, the R1T, the R1S, even their new dual motor version have a very high amount of horsepower um, to move that relatively heavy vehicle so that you're satisfied. You know, and, and as more EVs come on the market, you can buy some disappointing EVs from a power perspective. I think you buy a Hyundai Kona or a Nissan Leaf or a Chevy Bolt, and they're not really awe-inspiring from an acceleration perspective, but they're electric. So um, oftentimes you, when you're leading with a halo vehicle or a first vehicle, you want it to really rock from a performance perspective. And that's what you get with the F-150 Lightning, the Cybertruck, and as well as the Rivian. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious to see what's going to happen when Cybertruck comes out. I want to hear your opinion of how this is going to impact both the Lightning and the uh, regular truck as well. So some, you know, as we know, the Cybertruck, um, is, uh, is about to come. It's about to come. It's now August. It's going to come in September. It looks like that it's still on track. If not September, then if not Q3, then, uh, Q4, but they showed Tesla showed the very first Cybertruck built at Giga Texas. This came out on July 15th. So this is the first production level, uh, Cybertruck. Do you have a comment on this? When you saw this, what's your thought about this, uh, this event? Well, it's nice to actually see a vehicle coming off the line in Texas. Um, I spent some time down there on two separate trips over the last two years, was never able to see the Cybertruck line. Um, but the the building is so large down there in Texas that, you know, clearly there is room uh, for them for an entire amazing Cybertruck line. Um, so one thing that I want to make sure that that people understand is there's not going to be 100,000 or 50,000 Cybertrucks manufactured this year. I've predicted on other uh, channels somewhere around 5,000 to 10,000 deliveries this year, and it could be even as low as 3,000 deliveries. But then you fast forward to next year, I believe that they'll get to about 40% their total capacity at, at Giga Texas. So I think they're shooting for 350,000. I think maximum. Uh, by the end of next year, they'll deliver about 40% of that. So somewhere around 120 to 150,000, 160,000 Cybertrucks in 2024. Uh, and then they have a huge backlog of orders. And we see that some orders don't convert. And this is going to be an expensive vehicle. So there's probably a handful or thousands or even 100,000 plus vehicles who have a Cybertruck on order. But when it comes to buy one, they either A, don't have the cash, or B, won't be able to stomach the $1,400 or $1,900 payment for you know uh, a highly configured Cybertruck, more of a $90,000 to $100,000 variant with quad motor or tri-motor or dual motor with a big pack. Um, because Tesla has typically led with their, not their highest feature, but a high feature version. So I think the early Model Ys were uh, all-wheel drive long range were the first deliveries, and the early Model 3s were long range rear-wheel drive. So it just depends on which 
vehicle Tesla chooses, which configuration Tesla chooses to lead with on that. Yeah. I mean, we'll let, we're going to go a little bit more deeper on that. I'm going to show you some numbers and then you've already shared yours, but there is over what close to 2 million reservations. Now it's over 1.5 close to two. So even if hundreds and hundreds of thousands, even a million, they still have so much the demand or the desire for it is pretty high. Um, but I guess what I'm curious about is how it's going to impact the F-150 Lightning, which is the EV version and what's going to happen to the actual car itself. So some of the interesting news that came out that when that first Cybertruck was released on July 15th, this is what happened four days later. So this is the Ford F-150 Lightning and this, uh, immediately four days later, was it July 15th, three days later? Yeah. <laughs> they cut their prices on the F-150 Lightning uh, pickups. I mean, is that a coincidence that they did that? Uh, they cited because of increased production and reducing costs associated with the battery minerals seem to have just been timing-wise. Um, so it's about $10,000. And then prices for all versions of the truck, including the high-end platinum trim, were lowered by at least 6000 So pretty significant uh, yeah. uh, price cuts. And then what happened after that, so here's the, you know, cut by 17%. Elon replied saying, the Ford Lightning is a good vehicle, just somewhat expensive, especially given the high interest rates these days for any kind of loan. So is that a sign that maybe the Cybertruck will be priced better? Uh, and then somehow Ford found out and they wanted to reduce the price. Um, you know, what, uh, <laughs> how did you react to all this? For me, it always goes back to the basics supply and demand if there if you have an, a high supply of something and the demand is low you have to price it accordingly and uh, tesla's even done this multiple times I, I think that there is something to be said about the economies of scale so uh, farzad i'm on his channel frequently always points this out if you have a several billion dollar factory and you can make half a million vehicles a year, you can spread that cost out over the half a million. So, you know, all of the small amortized costs make up a smaller percentage of a high volume. So you can actually balance high volume production as well as pricing. So you either get a ton of profit up front by, um, you know, charging a high price, but if that starts to damage your volume, now you have a plant that's less than fully utilized. So there's a lot of costs associated with an underutilized plant. So you always just want to turn the knobs and I'm a true believer in that. And some OEMs are not set up that way. So some premium OEMs like Mercedes and BMW, they're not trying to make 400,000 or 800,000 or a million, you know, uh, five series or seven series, they price them accordingly to the way that they have positioned themselves in the market. And some of their smaller uh, vehicles, like think of a C-Class or a BMW 3 Series, they maybe want to get some more volume, but it, it's just macroeconomics in my opinion. So if Ford's lowering the prices, they can give some reason, but really I think it's typically related to supply and demand. They have to move the vehicles. They need to get them in the market. Yeah. And this is happening before the Cybertruck is launched. And, but I agree with you that the Cybertruck will have small numbers this year anyways, but 
they need to be worried about what's going to happen Ford Lightning versus the Cybertruck. Do you have an opinion on that? Like the Ford Lightning itself? I mean, you you understand what that is. You, you've torn down uh, the Lightning, but you also know you haven't torn down or seen a Cybertruck, but you, well, you've probably seen one, but you haven't torn it down. What's your, what's your opinion? Will the Cybertruck, what will happen to the Lightning itself? So, what, so your question is, what will have, happen to the Lightning because of the Cybertruck, or how will they yeah. affect each other? Yeah. Um, I think you almost have to separate EV trucks from the traditional EV market because the tri- the traditional truck market. Sorry. So if you had this, you've had this traditional truck market where GM, Ford, and Chrysler, Stellantis with the Ram have been battling for this truck crown. And if you add up the GMC Sierra and the Silverado, which are essentially the same truck, they usually sometimes equal more. And that, so they say the F-150 is the best-selling truck in, 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 the, in the U.S. And uh, that is true. It's more than the Silverado. But if you combine the Sierra and the Silverado, sometimes they've been 700 or 800,000 combined. So it's kind of... You know, splitting hairs. They're made in the same plant, and mm-hmm. they're just GMC and Chevy. So you have that, but then you, you want us. I want to separate the EV truck race. So you have Rivian, you have the Lightning, you'll have the Silverado, and you have the Cybertruck. I believe the Cybertruck will win that battle, and then over the course of the next decade, as regulation pushes traditional truck owners out of their mm-hmm. um, respective uh, gasoline-powered vehicles. They're some of the most lo- brand-loyal people, so I think you'll actually see a significant portion of them transition to the GM product of their GM owners, the Ford product of their Ford owners, and the Ram uh, truck owners have actually really strengthened in the past five to seven years. The Ram products, the Ram 1500, have improved greatly uh, under Sergio Marchionne's le- leadership, and uh, really the last uh, the last version of that is is a great competitor from a consumer perspective with a independent uh, rear suspension with coils, as well as a really high feature interior. So. Uh, combining them is kind of convenient for this conversation. Like, will the Cybertruck? take the whole lead. I don't see that happening for seven to 10 years because you have to really pry the internal combustion engine trucks out of the hands of the people who use them. And I think the second generation and the third generation of EV trucks will finally satisfy all the needs of those types of truck owners. But I just don't think EV trucks right now Mm-hmm. are convincing enough purchase for someone who truly is in that minority and is truly using their truck like a truck. And uh, I know Ford uh, and GM, they highlight the fact that you can use it just like you do. And we had we had one when I was at Monroe & Associates. We had an F-150 Lightning. Um, and we use it just like we used our Ram 1500 or Ram 2500 diesel. And, uh, but we are easy to convince because we are, you know, we understand what EVs are, but some people, it's just this fear, uncertainty and, right. and doubt. 
Yeah, yeah, I can see. So you're 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 still very much skeptical that the EVs will automatically just overnight take down the gas cars. Um, very interesting what you just said there. That's so cool. But it seems like the Cybertruck and the uh, Ford F one fifty. There's going to be a little bit of rivalry because obviously Tesla wants to overtake them and become known as the best truck. Um, maybe even the most the best vehicle. Elon has been saying that the Cybertruck is going to be the best vehicle ever made. We don't even know what kind of technology it might have, and then we'll see how the the public reacts to it. But then here's you know, this is this is something that they just did. Tesla did with their Cybertruck. They wrapped it to look like a Ford F one fifty, so it doesn't even look like a Cybertruck at this point. But they did that as are they just trolling them? You know why would they yeah. do this? I almost think it's it's more than just trolling. I think it's uh, kind of a funny thing because the Cybertruck is just a, you know, an angular stainless steel flat surface vehicle. So you usually use camo when you don't want somebody to understand what a vehicle looks like. So camo is usually unnecessary unless you're trying to hide styling, you know, what it, the vehicle looks like. So traditional OEMs will camo a vehicle because they don't want the general public to see what the vehicle looks like, whether that's a fascia hood, headlights, taillights, things that are oftentimes refreshed. So the Cybertruck getting wrapped at all mm-hmm. is just it's for fun. It's, yeah. you're right. I guess you could say trolling. You know, it's kind of funny and an honor at the same time. And I think it's it's unique that they, that you can see the, the rear portion <laughs> It looks like it, it, it's a little triangle of a tonneau cover, like a, a topper. Yeah. You see what I mean? It has like the little portion of the black glass, uh, you know, above the bed. So it's uh, it's funny. And I know the frunk, that's been a, a big point of contention amongst a lot of people on X. I guess not Twitter, on X. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're saying it's small. And, you know... Frunks are amazing, but you look at the shape of the Cybertruck. It's a cab forward design. What, my, what I mean by cab forward is the, the glass and the tumble home and everything for the vision is way forward. And when you have a cab forward, you have a short hood. When you have a short hood, you just limit the size and space for your frunk unless you were able to change your dash position and where your thermal system components are. So in a lot of those, in those images, you can actually see different pieces and parts of the thermal system uh, are up on the same level that the Model S, the Model 3, the Model Y, the Model X are. And so you don't have a real deep uh, space. So it seems like it's going to be shallow, but very wide. And that's something I pointed out. It looks wider than the Rivian and much wider than the F-150 Lightning frunk. So I think you'll be able to put two sets of golf clubs stacked up, maybe even three width wise. So instead of going deep and moderately wide, I I think they're going very wide and relatively shallow and relatively high. So I bet it's competitive, but just in a different form factor. Okay. That's the first time I heard that. I'm going to play a little clip so you can see this. It does make the Cybertruck front look very small. Let me play this clip here so people can see this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's bring it back to the very beginning, and you can see it right there. Um, I was talking to Jeff Lutz 
uh, who is a supply chain person. And he was saying that if you look at this, this looks like repair and that this might've been pulled forward. It's actually pulled forward a little bit. So it does look small, but actually probably is not this small, but you're saying that it could be even wider. Yeah. No, I think, uh, wide. I think this width is wider yeah. than the F-150 Lightning because the F-150 Lightning has the traditional hydroform structure that comes down like this. So when you open the F-150 Lightning, it's at about 20 or 25% in from width. This is much wider, in my opinion, uh, particularly because there's no hydroform structure at that point, um, at the upper point of the fender. And this goes to body structure. This is not a body on frame. So that hydroform structure is what supports the headlights and I the head there is no huge headlight on on the outer portion of there I believe the headlights are integrated under the frunk there's some lighting and then in the hood gotcha um, so they've eliminated the huge space for a light so because of that when it opens up underneath of it you have all this this I would say anywhere from four to six inches wider on each side where you wow. typically would have your headlight. And so I think it's going to be wider and uh, total volume, maybe less, but that's my take. Okay, good. This is first I've heard of that. That's very interesting. And of course, what matters is total available space for storage and accessibility. And so, yes, the front might be smaller compared to the F-150, but the bed is bigger. So this was, I think, confirmed by our friend Matthew Donegan Ryan. He was physically there at the um, at an event where he was able to actually measure the Cybertruck, uh, its measurement against the Ford uh, F1, the F-150 Raptor Super Crew, and you can see here that the bed length for the Cybertruck is 73 inches versus 67 inches. So it's a wide, it's a longer bed length, but the overall length, apparently it's smaller. This is a uh, three inches smaller uh, when they finally found out. So this is not the right number, 231, uh, but it's basically a little bit smaller than uh, lengthwise, but everything else you can see the um, the uh, the dimensions here. It's, it's this whole concept that uh, Elon is kind of uh, highlighting is that this is sh slightly shorter and slightly uh, less width just by two inches, and yet it's got much bigger bed length, so bigger, better use of the, uh, the the space, and so you can drive this into your garage, and yet still have um, you know the things. And this is just the dimensions. Uh, do you know anything else about this? Well, I find it interesting they're comparing an F one fifty Raptor Super Crew with thirty five inch tires. It's kind of interesting. They're not actually comparing the Cybertruck to a uh, F-150 Lightning, you know, I don't know if, did you notice that in this chart? Yeah, I, I, yeah, of course this is Matthew. And he, I think he was just trying to compare truck against truck, not necessarily against the F-150. So I don't yeah. have the dimensions for the Lightning. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately the Cybertruck needs to fit in a garage. And yeah. when you get really long vehicles, they don't fit in a standard garage and you have to make compromises. So I think originally the Cybertruck was released to be a little bit larger. Don't you remember? I think initially the one yeah. that was on Jay Leno's garage was a little bit larger, but they shrunk it down. And I actually saw an image of a Rivian behind a Cybertruck, like at a stoplight, 
And for some reason, I pictured the Cybertruck being a lot bigger than the Rivian, but then they looked relatively similar in size. And actually, the rear door seemed to be bigger on the Rivian than the Cybertruck because of the you know, triangular shape at the, at the top. So we'll have to see what portion of the market Tesla's trying to carve out. And if they really want it to fit in a garage, I think they're catering to more customers than just the truck customers. And um, the towing capability, the hauling capability, once they enter the truck market, all of these stats are what they yeah. fight over. And I remember I used to own a diesel truck. I owned a 2500 Silverado, a 2005 with the LLY Duramax diesel. Well, the next year they came out with a different version of that diesel. And then and the next year, it was two years later, it was a different version of the Duramax diesel. And now if you buy a Duramax diesel uh, with an Allison transmission, it's like a thousand foot pounds of torque. And back mine in 2005 was like 500 or 450 or something crazy. Yeah. And because they all just keep one upping each other, the, the, the Cummins, then the Power Stroke. And now in the EV space, what, what's it going to be? What are the key attributes that you're going to be comparing the F-150 Lightning versus the Silverado EV versus the Cybertruck? And it comes down to payload. What can you haul? Um, towing capacity and then range when you tow. So efficiency while towing, I think, will be the new torque because it used to be torque. How much torque? What can you haul? How far you could go was irrelevant because they just put these huge fuel tanks in these diesel trucks and you could, you know, drive four or 500 miles while towing, getting eight miles to the gallon. Now it's not only how much can you tow, but how far can you go when you tow? So efficiency while towing, I think, will be the new key metric that has yet to really be focused on until they all get in the market. Hey there, thank you for joining me. If you can, please consider supporting this channel so I can keep it going. It's a lot of work arranging all these amazing interviews. One of the easiest ways is just to click that join button and become a member of the channel. Thank you very much. Let's get brighter. So, Corey, what um, when Cybertruck launches, which is again in a month or so from now, and look, everything's looking like it's on its way. What do you think the first variants are going to be? What is your price point that you think it might happen? Um, if they come out with a four for a quad motor, or is, will it just be a tri motor? What's your uh, anticipation? Because, like you said, they want to come out with something that you know needs to make a statement to say this is powerful. Um, but you did say earlier that you're not so sure that they're trying to compete against other trucks. They're just trying to compete as being the best vehicle as well. So there's that dichotomy of what they're trying to slide into. Yeah. So I think it makes sense for the Cybertruck to launch with their highest feature vehicle in the first mix, because you want to put that out there so that people can test it and compare it to the mm -hmm. quad motor Rivian, the high-end version of the Silverado. So you need to get the large pack, the uh, quad motor or tri-motor, whichever version they have. I think it's going to be a quad motor. The one with rear steering so that you can really flex the capability and show off what you've done. Now, does that mean yeah. it'll be the main runner? No. It may be a minority of, of mixes. And then uh, usually during ramp-up, you 
can't hit full capacity right away. So why make the low cost version if you can't hit capacity unless those parts are a bottleneck? So if they can't uh, get 4680 battery cell production up to a level to support their desired production goals, then they should make the slightly smaller pack as the main runner so they can sell more vehicles. So I don't know what size battery packs they're going to have. They'll probably have a big pack and a smaller pack. And um, if powertrain manufacturing is the problem, so let's say they can't manufacture enough stators or inverters or whatever, then they may have a dual motor version with the smaller pack. You want to have that as your highest mix and sell a minority of the high-end ones. And if they if they have no problems with supply chain or sourcing or manufacturing, you might as well make the high-end versions first and make the people who ordered the cheaper low-end versions go last so you can yeah. uh, maximize the amount of dollars coming in the door. And it'll also slow down uh, the demand because you may have less people ordering the hundred hundred or eighty or ninety or hundred and ten thousand dollar version, and you have a lot of people waiting for that sixty thousand dollar version or sixty five thousand dollar version. And this is uh, conversations that I'm just hypothesizing, but there's so many variables and so many factors. You, it's like trying to be on Wall Street. You can can try and predict what the future will be based on past performance and past data. But nobody really knows. So hopefully people listening to this are like, oh, that's a, a good hypothesis. And it'll be interesting to look back at this podcast a year from now and see if they truly delivered roughly 6,000 uh, Cybertrucks this year and about 150,000 next year. And, yeah. and then uh, what's the price point you think it might be? I'm going to go on blended price point. Um and blended and weighted. So that's if 25% of them are hundred grand and then the other 75% are 60 grand. You got to mix that and weight it appropriately where it'd be more in the, you know, more in the seventies because you have more at 60 and less at a hundred. So I honestly think it's going to be in the, in the mid seventies, mid to high seventies for an average transaction price for a cyber truck. Why not? Uh, I mean, why right. why would they that try and sell? Right. Why would they try and sell the fifty five or fifty nine thousand dollar version only? They they need, you know, their yep. business. They need to make money, and they should sell the high end versions because you have this amazing pent up demand. And a lot of times, the early adopters are the ones that want to spend yeah. all the money on you know the high end vehicle. Plus, they'll be accessorizing them like crazy with you know, roof rats and tents and bumper guards and lift kits. It's probably going to be lift kits for these people driving around with 37 inch tires and, um, (laughs) other industry born, uh, out of electric trucks. Yeah. All right. So this is, uh, Matthew, his prediction is that they're going to release two sub truck variants, uh, dual motor for 59,000, 350 mile range, tri motor for 79,000. So similar to what you were saying, 450 mile range, there's not going to be a single or quad motor for the first couple of years. And then, you know, Elon kind of hinted that the, um, the, the Ford F-150 lightning is on the expensive side. So this cyber truck will need to beat that, uh, an average metric plus a lower price point. So that's, interesting i think it's around the same price as you were just saying now yeah yeah so i was thinking that they would sell a blend of 
the dual motor and then the highest one. I the quad really motor. think it'll yeah. be a quad motor. Yes. Um, yeah. There'll be some quad motors if they have it and they've designed it and they've developed it. Yeah. Um, maybe some try and some quad, but we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think your your logic is right. You need to come out with something that's so powerful that's the best out there just to just, you know, nail the marketing and put it, you know, put it to bed, right? The Cybertruck is better the truck than anyone else out there. And so this is uh, the con the forecast for production. You've already shared some of that. This is from um, this Yaman Tasdevar, who's quite the uh, bull. Um, so this may be way too high, but he's saying for every month, this is, you know, he thinks by July, 2024, that's a year from now, we're going to have 100,000 produced per month. Um, that's quite a bit because that's going to be over a million already by next year. And this is his wrap up. He's just saying that, you know, it's going to be by June to December, you're going to get to 6,000 per month. I know you've already said that you think it's just going to be 6,000 for the whole of 2023. And uh, then it gets to the numbers there. What's, what's your thought now, when you saw this? Yeah, I kind of agreed with this chart if it was cumulative, meaning. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, meaning it was 6,000 yeah. total by the end of the year yes. and then um, 15,000 total for the, for the first year. So for 124, but when you're doing per month manufacturing, yeah. I don't see 100,000 a month. No, no way. Like uh, I stick to my prediction of in the mid hundred thousands for the total year manufacture total total year production next year, yeah. you know, 120 to 160, somewhere in that range. And then less than 10,000 in the first year, more like five or 6,000 plus or minus 3,000, kind of that just enough to get them in customers' hands and employees' hands. And that's based on uh, past ramp up and launch of other Tesla vehicles when we received them when i was at monroe and associates we would typically get vin number 1000 to 3000 and it was within the mm. first month or two of production so uh you know they may be pulling random vins but we were always getting one of the first 3000 vins uh for model y model three um and you know so i i i think 3000 to 5000 you know, I, I agree with you in the sense that uh, that that first number for the first year is going to be slow because we, he has said that this is unlike any vehicle that's ever made. Uh, the whole production is completely brand new. It's nothing at all like a previous vehicle. Uh, he has said that it has 10,000 parts, all that kind of thing. He has also said that the Cybertruck is going to be the most technologically advanced uh, product. So I agree. It's going to be very, very slow for the first year. But I disagree with the following years. Because they've also said that the Cybertruck was um, manufacturing first designed. It was designed by manufacturing principles first. And so it was designed to be f mass produced, uh, faster production. Everything is about is supposed to be, you know, production. That's why they came up with, you know, the, the Angler design, because it's going to be the fastest way to create a vehicle, a truck than the current model. So I think that, you know, it's going to be slow, but once they get it going, it's going to ramp much faster than any other car that's ever been ramped in the past. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good observation, Herbert. We'll have to see if it uh, comes to fruition next year. 
then we'll maybe do a follow-up episode. <laughs> we definitely will. I need to find out your thoughts on this, but thank you for that. You're, you're, um, you're obviously bullish about the Cybertruck. You were saying that it's going to sell against other vehicles, not necessarily the truck market, but you're also a little bit more conservative in your belief that the Cybertruck will automatically wipe out the existing cars. I mean, the F-150 has been around for, you know, century <laughs> and it's been the best-selling vehicle. And so there is a loyal customer base so I don't think it's going to be wiped out, but I am very bullish. I think that this is going to redefine what a truck is, and we don't even know many of its potential features that um, that's you know they're there to shock the world, and hopefully there will be some features that they haven't shared yet. You know, like does it matter that it can actually be a boat um, that they've announced? There might be others that we haven't heard from yet, right? So, is there any kind of technology that you are guessing that might appear? Um, it's the technology that's not seen by the naked eye. So I'm more interested in the low voltage architecture and how right. much of it is 48 volts, as well as their control over all of the, um, the circuit boards. So um, I think they announced at investor day that 85% of the modules will be under Tesla's control. And then it'll be a hundred percent on their next concept vehicle, the unboxed vehicle. Um, they'll have full control. <laughs> and that allows them to uh, take a step that much further ahead of the competition when it comes to vertical integration and feature control. And uh, you don't see that type of uh, ownership by traditional OEMs. And Jim Farley was on Robert Llewellyn's right. podcast um, like about a month or two ago. And he he went into detail about how that's a, a, an advantage that Tesla has or a disadvantage that traditional OEMs have, relying on tier ones and tier twos to supply a lot of the logic and controllers for features throughout the car. And it makes it very difficult to have a software defined, defined vehicle if you don't have control. So those are the things I'm really interested in. And when it comes to features like how much storage it has or whether it's a boat or, um, you know, the materials of the seats, that's more for Carl, you know, my guy at Monroe who does, uh, uh, you know, he does all that sort of analysis. And that's mm -hmm. all interesting, but I like to really dig into what's underneath the skin. Yeah. Okay. And then they might surprise with the price as well. Okay, so we are, you know, <laughs> waiting for the Cybertruck to be launched, the delivery event. Are you still thinking the end of September? Uh, or is it, do you think that there's any signals at all that it might have been pushed to uh, the fourth quarter? I think, I think they'll stick to the third quarter just because we've seen these leaked photos of three or four yeah. Cybertrucks, you know, offline, yeah. getting repaired, looked at or whatever. Um, so how many vehicles do they actually have to make for the delivery event? Probably 200 Yeah, just to make it look substantial. Cause remember the Texas model Y event, how many did they have? I don't know. Yeah. A hundred, or it was in Germany. They had a couple hundred, yeah. 300, okay. 500. Yeah. So we'll see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. The first 200 and people can, you know, look like that they're there picking it up and driving it, but they don't have to make like thousands necessarily right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. So it's looking like at the September, the other big event I need to ask you about is the, uh, the revised model three, the project Highland. Um, it's looking like, again, lots of signs. They are 
retooling and shutting down some production lines in all of the gigafactories. They announced it on the last quarterly earnings report. Um, do you think it's real? And are you expecting something new? What's your theory of what the revised Model 3 might be? Um, I think it's overdue. And I think it'll be slightly more than a traditional MCA, mid-cycle action is what yeah. some OEMs call them, where you're going to refresh a lot of the things that have gotten kind of tired on the Model 3. And then I've stated before that I think it'll be a trailing effect on the Model Y. So the Model 3 was launched in 2018, 17, 18, somewhere around there. And the Model Y was launched in the spring of 2020. So if they have a styling refresh, headlight, headlight refresh, aerodynamic refresh, interior refresh, and then things you can't see, potentially they'll start to add gigacastings into the Model 3 for the first time. Um, I know when we interviewed Elon Musk uh, back in 2021, we asked him that question, Sandy and I, and he essentially said, oh, no, you know, that he's going to keep making the Model 3 like he was uh, because you know, he's got the line set up and the tooling and everything paid for. So that's um, to the point where you might need to refresh that tooling. So why not start doing some gigacastings um, in the Model 3? And then all the upgrades to other things like uh, hardware for removing ultrasonic sensors, those have already been uh, accomplished in uh, in some of the some of the rolling changes that they've made. So it's not like the Model 3 hasn't had some changes, like they right. started uh, shipping it with the octo valve and heat pump in 2020, I, 2021, I believe. And that now it's more of a mid-cycle action is what I call it. Yeah. Any guesses on the price point? Do you think that they'll lower the price of the Model 3 or do you think they'll keep it the same? Once again, my standard answer, supply and demand. I think the Model Y has really, the Model Y and the Model 3 compete, in my opinion. So the Model Y is a bigger vehicle, but on the same platform. So the Model 3 is smaller. It's a sedan. It's a car. And uh, it depends on what you need and the demand. But I think the demand is lower. Um so you may see lower price points to get the volume up on the Model 3. Nice. Mm -hmm. Good answer. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate this. I know that both the Cybertruck and the revised Model 3 are imminent. And so I wanted to get your opinion. Uh, you can see the skirmish that's already happening between F-150, a little bit of a trolling that the Cybertruck did, but wrapping it. F-150 Lightning reduced their prices, as we discussed. And uh, I think things are starting to leak, right? I mean, it's uh, hard to keep it under wraps at this point. <laughs> We're seeing a lot of wrapped uh, Cybertrucks out there. And so the excitement is growing and it's going to happen in a month. So we'll see what you your predictions are. But like you said, it's like a prediction. No, none of us know, but it's uh, it's great to hear your thoughts because you're the one out there. But So you're not going to physically be able to actually uh, tear down a Cybertruck, right? But you'll you'll be close enough to see what happens when its first launches, right? Yeah, you know, I mentioned I didn't want to talk about it before I came on the show, but I did move on from Monroe uh, on August 1st. So this will probably air a little bit after we're filming. Um, yeah. So I'm just kind of exploring my options right now. And I have uh, a lot of opportunities and we'll just see where it goes from here. Very exciting. Thank you so much, Corey. Appreciate you as always. See you soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye.